I, the first thing that came to mind is I think people know the language, yeah, social justice and inclusion, yeah. but, but don't know how to be it. Um, and I think being a part of SJTI allows you to be it, mm. and it calls you out. Um, it calls us all. It basically says, "Oh, great, you can you can quote a theory all you want, but how do you show up in the world with others? How do you engage? How do you engage resistance? How do you engage humanity?" Welcome to Student Affairs Now, the online learning community for student affairs educators. I'm your host, Mamta Akapati. Student Affairs Now is a premier podcast and learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find us at studentaffairsnow.com, on YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is also sponsored by Simplicity. A true partner, Simplicity supports all aspects of student life with technology platforms that empower institutions to make data-driven decisions. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast for more information about our sponsor. As I shared earlier, my name is Mamta Akapati. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am broadcasting to you all today from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is situated on the ancestral homeland of the Humanos, Coahuiltecan, Comanche, Lipan Apache, and Tonkawa peoples. I honor their wisdom that is among us today. So my friends, what a joy it is to be with this collective of educators and healers, if I can use that term today. It's such an honor to share space with people I and so many others consider to be mentors, friends, and guides. Please welcome the core faculty of the Social Justice Training Institute, Becky Martinez, Kathy O'Bear, Vernon Wall, and Jamie Washington. As individuals, each of these educators have had a profound impact on our profession and how we think about co-creating loving and equitable systems and communities in higher education and beyond. But as a collective, their impact as the faculty of the Social Justice Training Institute on higher education as we know it is truly awe-inspiring. So I want to take a moment and soak that in. Mm. Please, my friends, join us in community as we reflect in this episode on the legacy of 25 years of the Social Justice Training wow. Institute, SJTI. Yes. Yes. And so my friends, I know, you know, people listen to podcasts on their own time and day, but I want to acknowledge when we're actually recording this, because I mean, there's a lot of scheduling humor in what it <laughs> takes to get this constellation of folks together. Um, but you know what, this is the perfect time. So today represents the beginning of actually the autumnal equinox and the autumnal equinox is actually the time when day and light are equal 12 hours of day and 12 hours of, of night. And so we talk about the negotiation of the equitable balance mm -hmm. of lightness and dark. I can't think of a better day, time, season that we're having this conversation um, with all of you today. So it is truly a beautiful and perfect moment to be with all of you. So before we begin really um, getting into the conversations, I'd love for y'all to introduce yourselves. So I'll, I'll call on folks and then um, if we can have each of you introduce yourselves individually and we'll uh, steep into the conversation. Um, so with that, um, may I uh, start with Kathy O'Bear to the left of my screen. Love you all. I'm uh, Kathy O'Bear. She's a pronouns here in Denver, Colorado, the unceded stolen land to the Arapaho Ute Cheyenne Arapaho. I need to take a deep breath because if I don't share that, I sometimes will invisibilize indigeneity and folks who are native, um, even as we talk about racial justice. So I'm um, a founding faculty. We'll tell that story about 1997. Some of us started to gather. And I'm today also the president of the Center for Transformation and Change. So honored to be here. Thank you, Kathy. And for that, um, I, I will move to Vernon. Well, this is a joy for sure. Um, Vernon Wall, he, him pronouns. I'm coming to you from Washington, DC, the ancestral homelands of many native and indigenous tribes, but primarily the Piscataway and the Pentecostic. Um, yeah, um, one of the founding faculty members of the Social Justice Training mm -hmm. Institute. I'm 
Director of Business Development for Leadership, which is a nonprofit that works with college students and leading with integrity, and president and founder of um, One Better World, LLC, my little consulting group that is bouncing around here and there doing some hopefully good stuff in the world. So, so happy to be here. All right. Thank you, Vernon. And now let's move to Jamie Washington. Hello, hello, hello. It is uh, indeed, I'm just, I can't stop smiling. My face is going to hurt by the time <laughs> this is all over because there is just such um, love right here. It's just such a blessing and a gift to be in this space with with uh, all of you. Uh, Jamie Washington pronouns uh, he, him, his from joining you again from similarly to Vernon. I'm in the Maryland areas, the Piscataway Kanoi tribal nations. And uh, we do breathe in the histories and the legacies, the past harms and the peoples of these lands um, as we continue to deepen our work. I get to serve um, uh, with with these folks as a, as a faculty um, uh, for SJTI. And um, I serve as the president of the Washington Consulting Group and as a pastor, um, Unity Fellowship Church of Baltimore. Um, and so it's a delight to be in this space and in this energy with you all. Thank you so much, Jamie. And um, then uh, I'd like to invite Becky Martinez. Oh my goodness, I love that I'm the caboose on this space. Um, so Dr. Becky Martinez, she, her and hers, I come to you from Hemet, California, the original homelands of the Cahuilla and Luceno um, people. And just taking a deep breath on that mm -hmm. um, and knowing the history, um, but also knowing the current existence and still taking care of this world um, in ways that I am continuing to learn from. I um, am the president and founder of Infinity Martinez Consulting, and I'm so like delighted and joyed, and I've got my Kleenex right here next to me, if anybody <laughs> knows me well, um, to be in this conversation with my friends and colleagues and mentors and family as we talk about SJTI. Um, I am the, the bridge and so um, we'll be um, leading the next gen um, faculty once these folks um, sit down. Wonderful. Oh, wow. This is just such a such a restorative time and space and uh, really, really honored to be in spirit with all of you. So let's jump right in, my friends. Um, so for the context of our podcast community, and I always love hearing um, this story, the, the origin story of SJTI, um, I would love for y'all to share how so the Social Justice Training Institute came to be. Um, and so if I could um, direct to Jamie Washington first, and then we know, we'll go where we go, but. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mamta. And um, we, uh, at every institute, we invite in this truth, the origin stories, how we came to be for lots of reasons. Uh, one of those being, again, inviting folks to know that um, when your heart is speaking something to you, when you look out into the world and you see that there is a need that is not being fulfilled, that it is potentially your responsibility and your calling to help to do that. Um, uh, we were young and we had been in most, all of us in higher education and we would look around and we could see that there was a gap. There was a need for, um, for work. And so we, uh, a group of us, uh, and we want to invite in, it's, 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 it is funny that I, I woke up this morning and as I was just doing my meditations and did a quick scroll through Facebook, I saw a picture of Mara Cullen um, and um, and a lovely uh, wife, Dawn, um, on, on vacation um, in, in Greece. And so when we talk about the beginning, we certainly invite her energy and presence mm -hmm. into the room. So Mara Cullen, Kathy O'Bear, Jamie Washington, and Vernon Wall were kind of the early um, folks in higher education, particularly student affairs, who were being um, asked to do do some work around training 
Um, and uh, we would go to campuses or do workshops at conferences. And that's where we um, began to um, connect as a collective. And we were sitting, sitting around just talking and um, came to recognize that while many of us in our graduate programs have begun this work of self-work around looking at some of our identities and doing some things and how those mattered and doing continuous work, we realized that there weren't a lot of spaces um, for that kind of work post-graduate um, school. And, um, and we thought, well, maybe we should try to do something. We should start something. <laughs> and um, so... Uh, and again, the language again um, of social justice again, all identities mattering, no hierarchy of oppression. You know, was kind of really a foundational at the ethos, um, the connection, the umbrella of oppression. Um, all of those things were about recognizing that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so we decided, well, let's let's try it and. Um, uh, to create um, a week-long experience for folks to come in and be a part. And so um, we started the Institute with the idea that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we're going to do social justice and we're going to look at all. <laughs> right? Oh, oh. We, plan, we plan our first Institute and we attempt to address every identity in that Institute and it was nope. a shit show. Um, <laughs> I, if it has to get edited out, you know, get edited out. I mean, it, it was an experience. It I mean, was a fertilization. Learning happened, you know. Learning was, happened. Learning, and much learning <laughs> on our part. <laughs> we learned. We learned. We got really clear <laughs> that, um, that it is hard to really do the depth work that we need to do. Um, if we're pulling all the threads at once, right? Um, and got clear that um, we needed to focus and that given the context in which we live, we got clear that that context needed, to, that focus, that thread of identity needed to be race. And um, so for 20, uh, for the next 24 years um, and next, the rest of the institutes, um, we created a race immersion experience. Mm -hmm. And I'll pause there and invite other voices in around the origins. You know, as I hear you, Jamie, I, I see you all not only are competent to have the background, I'm just not, but we called it Training Institute. And yeah, I think at the time, mm -hmm. I know I wanna own that I thought if we just put out a bunch of tools and skills, people could take it. And, mm -hmm. and I think that shows where I was 20 something, five, six years mm -hmm. ago. Um, and not having done my own depth of self-work, just thinking I could pick up an activity. And and so whether it was the LCY Cross Associates, where we had some depth, Equity Institute, UMass Amherst, their social justice ed program, and, and many of us brought many other places, we just thought, well, let's just share these privileged, marginalized, and internalized oppression, internalized dominant, and found that, as you mentioned, folks were not ready because we were asking them to go places they maybe yeah. hadn't been asked before. And so as I think about SDTI over 25 years, the depth of mm -hmm. self-work, healing, really recognizing our part, racist attitudes, behaviors, systemic racism, and not us doing it to other people, but us healing ourselves, developing our own capacity. So we might have named it Social Justice Development Institute if we had... Or yeah, or something else. But I just want to acknowledge that's how we started. And unfortunately, I think some people could take all the tools and think they're ready to do it. But we always say at the end, don't try this at home. Because <laughs> even now, especially in this context with everything so much different than five, 10 years ago, I find that I'm having to really upskill my work and change and be ready to move in the moment and do healing work so that I can show up a clear instrument of change as a white person because there's a lot triggering me all over the place. Yeah. I mean, Kathy, you've got me thinking about um, at that time when SJTI began, individuals doing this work were typically doing it through their marginalized identities. Yeah, they entered the work basically wanting mm -hmm. to make their campus better for, them. for people like them. 
And, and most were folks who were in marginalized identities. I think about us and how we started the work and the trainings and the activities that we did, it was through our marginalized identities. I believe we we definitely broadened that, but I think we were part of that too, in terms of, so how do we then look at, oh, wait a minute, yes, I have privileged identities also. And also within my marginalized identities, I have not unpacked what that means and to watch participants move through the experience in a way of some resistance around, mm -hmm. how dare you tell me that I'm not prepared to do this work when I am. And we always say, and I love when Jamie says this, just because you are, don't mean you know. And <laughs> it is so true. And I always yeah. hold up to that because as I see people show up, I go, ooh, you know, we all are in this together doing the work. And what does it mean for us to show up um, using self as instrument, basically saying, I'm like you, I'm on a journey with you. Let's do this together. Absolutely. Just a quick ad. Yeah. Um, white folks, I think when we started, were like me of how can we help people of color? You all are deficit. And yeah. so, so much of our work over the years is having mm -hmm. white folks doing our own work to recognize arrogance, entitlement, sense of superiority, white supremacy, ideologies that we carry, how we act them out. And so we're not replicating that same privilege marginalized, even as we're doing the parallel caucus work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I want to add, as somebody who um, you know entered this group in 2008 as faculty, I, I think the beauty um, uh, is to it, it was four friends that got together, that were having conversation and had an idea, right? Um, that really wanted to give back to the profession. Right. So there wasn't this ego or this arrogance. Um, and I think that that's sometimes the thing that uh, when you all, as I hear you all talk, you give logistics and this history. And it's mm -hmm. like there were four friends that got together and tried something out. Yeah. Right. Like that's such goodness um, mm -hmm. because they were in relationship with each other um, mm -hmm. and because they saw a gap mm -hmm. and wanted to be like, OK, so how could we help support the the people and the profession mm -hmm. um, and giving back to the profession. So that's the ad um, as yeah. somebody who observes. But, and as, as a, just an external listener, I mean, I'm just in awe, right? I mean, we, we often look at the world and see all of these things that, oh my God, we're, and can feel the overwhelm, like what can be done and what, what can be done is what's within our capacity. So start somewhere, start anywhere. Um, and I think um, this story just, I think there's so much hope in this story, even amidst all of the heaviness, like how do we just start somewhere and here's what start somewhere could look like and what it could become, right? And so, so Becky, thank you for, for bringing that into the space. And thank you all so much for sharing, the, you know, component, I know there's more that will come related to the origin stories. Um, and, and of course, you know, here we are now, we um, are. honor, honoring and celebrating, you know, a 25 year legacy. And so I would love to hear more about the evolution of SJTI over the past two and a half decades. And, um, how has that evolution really paralleled the evolution of social justice work? Um, I know all of you have a lot to say, and I, I want to, um, first ask Becky to reflect mm -hmm. on this and then let's unfold into the conversation from there. Yeah, it's a lovely question. Um, so, you know, in honoring the founding faculty and thinking about their racial identities, since it's a race immersion, right? It was two folks that identify as black and two folks that identify as white. Um, and so how, I mean, one of the critical pieces that's evolved is we've expanded, yeah. right? Um, and we know that race is a construct and there's fluidity and it's challenging. And um, there's a part that we owe Mamba um for nudging faculty over and say, over hey let's over get and over again. <laughs> and over and over until we finally listen oh <laughs> <laughs> but we're good we're so <laughs> how important you are as a part of this evolution you you really are <laughs> right exactly. exactly so i think that that's like the beauty of you um like facilitating this conversation <laughs> is like we do like we uh, like people who are listening and mamta i want we want you to hear like we owe you the space of like you gave feedback and feedback and feedback um, until like, oh, let's get like, let's get out of the black and white monoracial binary. Mm -hmm. 
um, a faculty. And again, we started who we started with. Um, and so I think that that has been a that has been a part of the evolution is to how do we um, how do we bring on and develop um, different um, racialized identity faculty. Um, and so that that has um, been a critical shift. And, you know, we're not perfect and we don't we're not checking all the boxes. And I appreciate SJTI that that's not something that we focus on and that's something that we pay attention to. Right. Um, as in these 25 years, if I could bring the curriculum 25 years ago to now, the curriculum actually is very similar. Wow. Um, there are some key parts that we don't do as much anymore, like the path to competence, which we wish we could fit in, but we can't. So it's a critical diagnostic piece. Um, but it's really about um, doing self-work with the race lens to then see how we show up at groups and systems. And mm -hmm. that hasn't changed throughout the years. Like that is a critical piece to who we are. Some of the activities have shifted. Um, some of the timing has shifted. Uh, as a result of the pandemic, we've realized that we don't go all the way until six anymore. Like people just can't hold that capacity. Um, and we also have, we start the race immersion sooner. Um, I think that we start the race immersion actually on Monday, <laughs> um, and we go through until Thursday. Um, whereas I know when I went through it years ago, it was a little bit different and just realized like, let's get into this sooner, um, with care and kindness and love, um, and it really being a laboratory of learning. The numbers have shifted. And so we have more folks that go now. I think when I went, there was about 25 folks. So probably a month is similar to when you went and interned. And now we have anywhere between 43 and 50. Wow. Um, our locations have changed a little bit. Um, and so we had our first institute in Columbus this past June. Um, and it's always been in um, Massachusetts. And so we shifted that. Uh, and then we have shifted from going to Arizona to Long Beach. Again, some stuff around um, the politicalness of the country in certain times. Although nowadays it's like, where do we go? Yeah. Um, so that would be some of the ways that it has shifted. It's also shifted out of higher ed. So it started in higher ed um, oh. with participants. And now we have folks in K-12 and nonprofit. Um, other consultants. Um, I think it started very much in student affairs. And so now we have faculty. Um, so it has expanded its participants, um, the participants. Wow. So what have y'all observed um, over the time? I mean, it's interesting to hear, you know, um, and recognizing I was a participant a long time ago. The, do you find that people come with different uh, capacities than um, maybe 15 or 20 years ago um, that equip or allow folks to begin the race immersion or was that an inter, you know, intentional conversation? Where, what are you noticing in the shifts and how people are processing and feeling and navigating? Mm -hmm. Ernie, you want to jump in? I know you're going to have to go in a little bit, but so if you want to put, um, well, what, what, what did, have you seen in the, in the opportunities that you've had to be there? I mean, we know that, mm -hmm. yeah. I, the first thing that came to mind is I think people know the language yeah social justice and inclusion yeah. but, no, but don't know how to be it mm -hmm. um and i think being a part of sjti allows you to be it mm -hmm. and it calls you out um it calls yeah. us all out. it basically says oh great you can you can quote a theory all you want but how do you show up in the world with others how do you engage how do you engage resistance how do you engage humanity mm -hmm. um that's the thing for me and i think what i've noticed and there was I, I, there was a light bulb that happened probably around halfway through the time that we've been together that made me realize, I don't know who said it, but somebody in the room mentioned something and had me think about, we are about liberation and healing. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, I know it was because of some comments that we have in, in the race caucus um, that has people really show up in different ways. And I think that, um, I've always said it, it's, we've got to, we've got, it's, it's personal work. It's got to be about us doing our work in order to show up. And so I believe that um, people sometimes enter SJTI thinking outwardly, you know, what, how am I going to take this information and do good things 
do great things on my campus, do great things in my community, and not realize that the first step is understanding who you are in the world in order to do great things. And how do you navigate that? And how can you have conversations with individuals across race, across difference, um, to really engage folks? Um, mm -hmm. And that, I think, is the biggest skill mm -hmm. because folks don't know how to talk to each other. I'm like, I can't tell you how many times I've been facilitating a session. Um, Becky and I were just at a session um, not too long ago. And what we realized halfway through is folks haven't really talked to each other. We've not had a conversation to be able to be in community because it's about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's about relationship. Well, I, I, I would I would just add, Vernon, you went right where, where I was going. Um, I think that my experience has been that folks, um, and as you said, go into the world and do great things. I think sometimes that great things comes with bad intentions mm. um, or intentions that are not in alignment with the values that we hold at SJTI, which is about healing, liberation and do no harm, which is about all of our humanity matters, right? Mm -hmm. Which is about none of us created this. We're all products of it. And we are doing our part to help heal the planet around it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, we. it's a clear value base space yeah. uh -huh. with which we, design the experience the pedagogy as well as the materials that we cover we recognize that some folks um see and do this work differently um as i was engaging in a session even earlier this week someone um said talked about this feels um like you're wanting harmony it's like well as a musician i do like harmony <laughs> uh, very much so um, and if you think harmony means um, can't we just all get along, just people's, um, you know, um, then you are missing what the intention is, um, because my intention isn't to get people. If that feels like harmony, then maybe it is. Then maybe, then maybe it is. But um, uh, the intention of the institute is to invite us to see each other's humanity, to own our parts, to do our own healing work so that we show up in the world not doing harm to others. And that might not be everybody's value place. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, we don't necessarily make that wrong, but that's not SJTI. Mm -hmm. right. um, so, you know, as, as I think about what the evolution is that I've seen, is that sometimes folks, again, as Vernon named earlier, come in doing work First, from our minoritized um, identities, from our pain places, um, and and so sometimes we come in with the intention to get you, right, or mm -hmm. to get you together, or, or whatever, and um, or to help people understand that they don't know my pain, mm -hmm. uh, but we don't. But our hope is to have space for that healing, mm -hmm. so that you can also own where you might participate. <laughs> in that for others. So as, we, as we're reflecting, are there things that along the way have surprised any of you um, over the past 25 years? I can start that as I wanted to yeah. add some of the things I've also seen is, especially since George Floyd was murdered in the summer fall of racial reckoning and now the backsliding of commitment to anti-racism, I'm seeing every organization, government, I mm -hmm. could keep going. Um, I think one of the dynamics, and I was I was a little surprised when I first started to see this dynamic of more and more folk of color, indigenous folks coming in more unapologetic, done waiting, white people, you're the best, you say, your campus, your organization has, and you're pitiful. Um, I actually have thought that as well. So just a, an increasing chasm between where folk of color and indigenous folks are, how they're showing up and how most white folks are showing up. So y'all might disagree, but I've seen that, I think the last four or five plus years, um, less patience for the growth that needs to happen, the time, especially in our privileged identities and building on what the other three said in the marginalized identities as folk of color and indigenous folks, the healing needs to happen. So the wanting to fix it. So I find white people are coming in not only performative, like you were saying, Vernon, the language, but scared to be called racist, scared not to be perfect. So some of those white supremacist ideology, wanting to be comfortable, um, just a lot of fear having to be competent and not realizing the competence that we're helping people develop. 
uh, and then to build real quick on Jamie, just you know this calling out culture, this social justice arrogance energy, um, mm -hmm. which I think we don't believe is the way to create community and collective learning and comes from pain and sense of urgency and centuries of racism, oppression and genocide. And I understand it. And as a white person, when I'm receiving the energy of some folk of color, indigenous folk who are just done with me or done with white people, I don't find many white folks have the capacity to stay in those conversations, much less have dialogue when there's this level of difference of energy, life experience and triggered cumulative impact. So those are some of the differences I've been seeing. Well, and if, I, if you don't mind, I wanna just jump in with, with Kathy here and connected to that is, um, as Vernon had also said earlier, that we come having been the best people in the places we come from. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's like, I'm the one they call on and I'm the one who gets it. And I'm the one, you know, whether it's um, uh, uh, the white people that I work with most effectively or as a person of color or white people who feel like they're the most effective. And what they um, often don't see is that some of that is about the relationship that has gotten developed in that space. Um, and it really is at an individual level of competence. You are not having practice outside of the familiarity of that space and that hall director or uh, dean yeah. that you know. And so then you get in the space, it's like, well, we see you at group level, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we're, yes. not, we're not meeting you at the individual interpersonal because we don't know you. And mm -hmm. so when I'm in the space, now I'm still carrying all of the stuff I carry around uh, black and white binary and how I get silenced in the conversation um, uh, as a, a, a person of color who is not in the black and white binary. And so I don't know if I get to have voice here. I do have it on my campus because I'm in the familiarity. Um, I don't know how to respond um, uh, as a white person because I feel like I'm taking up too much space or too much airtime. And I have learned don't talk over and I have learned that they're not going to rescue me when I cry. Um, mm. I've got that. I've been to enough sessions by these people individually to know white women's tears and white fragility. I got that. But I'm in this space now and I want to cry and I'm scared to cry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this, we've learned this stuff yeah. out here, but then we get into, now you've got to really live in this, in the world, not just with the people you know. Right. So. One thing that uh, I also, you know, that, that sits in the space of like, uh, uh, y'all have all mentioned it different ways, but like the the mastery of the tools and mm. and desire for perfection versus uh, engaging the tools and knowing it's going to be messy and messiness is part of the journey, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, and there's no way. I mean, there's no way to learn. It's just practice. You practice that, and so, um, yeah. Just I I love hearing the reflections um, uh, around that. Well, and you know, there's so much resistance to doing self work. Yeah. I uh, like self-work is it's it's hard work, it's intentional work, it's continuous work. And I that's one of the gifts that SJTI, I believe, provides and role models. Because mm -hmm. uh, we all are are like in staff meetings, we're working our stuff and bumps and what's come up. Um, and I it, there's, you know, I, I even I, as I've seen it evolve. Like self-work can get so hard because there's so much going on um, and what is my part in it um, and what do I need to heal? And a lot of people are like, don't tell me I need to heal. Um, and it's like, oh, take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that I have noticed throughout the years is, you know, self-work. Uh, people consider that to be warm and fuzzy. Right. And it is like, it is a way as, you know, if we talk about mastery and skill and practice, self-work is so critical and centered in that space. Um, but there is not a lot of writing or research or work on that. And so it doesn't become as valid or as known. Um, so we need to write a book. We just have to have some time. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? So as, as I hear both um, Becky, you and Jamie reflect, you know, Jamie, you just talked about 
oh, we um, oftentimes the 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 folks that are called upon are they are the best on their campuses, right? Um, so they they have all the the cookies and the certificates and the the affirmations of being the best. And then we ask one another to be in community, to do self work, not to be the fixer, right? Kind of as as y'all have mentioned, but to to look within. And all of a sudden, like I, I think of it like uh, the 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 parallel that I often reflect on is it's easier for for me to my house is really clean when I have a research paper to write. Right. Because like you realize what the hard work actually is. So it's actually, even though it is hard work to do externally facing work, the work that we do on campuses, it's still that much harder to do the self-work. And so we deflect. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all see, do, do, mm-hmm. do y'all still see that? Or oh, yeah. what advice would you give someone like me that is tempted to look externally? Yeah, because I, I often name that um, uh, one of the ways that I protected myself, if you mm. would, from doing the self-work was doing external work. And therefore, <laughs> I was doing the work. So I didn't, you know, it's like, I'm out here. I'm out here healing the planet. I have a job to do to, to me. And SJTI said, oh, but you do. EYCA said, oh, but you do. Uh, you You can't really do this work well if you're not doing you. So it was actually... Um, and that's why I, when I talk with uh, folks who are wanting to do consulting, wanting to do training, wanting to be DEIB, um, equity, anti-racism leaders, that this is the work mm-hmm. that if you really want to, again, up your efficacy, um, uh, have um, your experiences not just be seen as another um, talking at do your own work so that when people experience you, they experience authenticity, mm-hmm. they experience realness, they experience genuineness, they experience people who are on a journey um, and not finished, um, but uh, really willing to look at. You know, will not so con- not so tied to their PowerPoint, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the next slides mm-hmm. that they're not present with the room and the people and the experiences that are real in the space. Um, so uh, that's what we hope to um, generate. Not so not, not so tied to the language and you mm-hmm. got to get the right word and, mm-hmm. and all of those things um, because then you can't really be present with people. Um, and, and it does also limit the people that you can be present with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> because, you know, much of even and we work this all the time, much of even what we do is is normed on middle class education, knowing language, yeah. all of those things, because um, that's where we come from. Uh, but when we're talking about like being with people in the yeah. world, right, um, some of this stuff, uh, th- th- those words, those boxes, those those frameworks and models don't work. And if it's not in you, you can't translate outside of that. Yeah. Continuing on this thread. So continuing on some of the observations that y'all have noticed around, uh, you know, resistance to self-work or um, Kathy's you brought up, particularly the um, post uh, post murder of George Floyd summer of reckoning and kind of seeing how um, the country has reacted in different ways. Um, um, in addition to those observations, uh, so continuing with sharing those, I know many of us feel heaviness in 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 trying to to do this work and to be present. Um, what would what advice would you give us? So as you share uh, continued observations, what advice would you give those of us that feel the heaviness? I mean, for the and we all do the work in different ways. So whether we're directly um, social justice or diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging educators or facilitators. Or, you know, if I'm an RA, or, you know, if I'm in charge of orientation, or if I lead assessment on my campus, there's this work, there's heaviness in all of the dimensions. What what would you offer us as a guidance? Don't do this alone. Yes. Um, Community. There are so many lessons from you all as my mentors. And one was this kind of whiteness, white supremacy culture, do it on your own, be the best, as opposed to just be. And Dr. Martinez, I remember the first time you said, Kathy, just be. And I didn't know the WTF you were talking about. Mm 
And it took me years. And this week I heard myself saying, you know, the way of being, what kind of skills do you want to, and it's just coming out of me. And I don't know if I can describe it. So people feeling heaviness, exhausted, burned out, depressed, despair, hopelessness, find people to come together and have those true, honest dialogues in a confidential space, whether it's same race, similar race groups, privileged, marginalized, cross-race. So I'm not sure white people have the capacity in cross-race groups to show up without doing harm, but that may not be true of every campus. And to really just get honest and talk about how we're doing and remember hope, envision liberation, um, mm -hmm. and really commit to changing the culture of the organization so that community care and self-care isn't just something white women talk about. It is a culture change to say we have to invest in people and wellness and not keep exploiting them. It reminds me of uh, Sean Jen Wright, who talks about transcending mm -hmm. trauma-informed care to healing-centered engagement. So really moving from that individual space to right, a systemic approach to healing, which considers the ecosystems that we're in. Um, Vernon, I, I recognize that, uh, I, I just wanna be sure that, that you have a chance to reflect on this too. What would you, what guidance would you give us really to the heavy? Um, I mean, I think Kathy hit it right. I, Kathy said it. It's, it really is around relationships. It is around who's around you. It is around um, knowing that we've been here before. Mm. It's not new. Yeah. yeah just good. repackaged. Um, there is more intensity now given the culture of social media, given the culture of the rapid fire of information that we received, um, that we continue to receive. Um, yeah. And we will be, we will rise. I mean, we will. I mean, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it always bends towards justice. It always does. Um, and I believe that the way that we do this is around focusing on hope, not toxic positivity, right. but about hope, about the fact that we are a part of this. We mold what will happen next. And so what does that look like for us as individuals and as community? And I know that I have people around me that are on this screen right now that at any moment, if I need to have a conversation about something that's happened in a session, in my life, in the world, I know that I can call them. I just called Jamie the other, not too long ago to talking about something that happened in a session that I did um, because I just needed to talk to someone because I was like, mm -hmm. am I missing something? And <laughs> conversation about, you know, here we are. And, and, I, and I hung up thinking people that don't have that cannot do this work effectively in my mind because you can support what you what you name and again uh, both of you brought in relationships community and that's the other thing that SJTI creates. So yes. I was with um alum yesterday. I was with an alum the day before yesterday who were talking about their experiences connecting with their cohorts and folks that they met and friends that they had and who they could call um in spaces and times. And so um, there is a deepening that happens um, when you can get in community with folks to have, um, you know, to move through the tough times. Uh, but the other, other thing that I will say is, again, as Becky um, often helps us to remember is that it is a mindset, right? You know, yeah. yes, we're going through different things in different moments. I always say for uh, it didn't start with us and it won't end with us. So right. the, the, right. the arrogance of believing that we're going to fix it all, mm. that if we had just the right this and that, and that's going to make it make it, you know, we just have to release that um, and then really get clear about, well, what, because what you believe about the world and how people's capacity to be decent is what you believe about yourself. Like, are you, like, are you a part of the, yeah. are you, some, how, how'd you somehow get different than the rest of the world? Like God, what yeah. makes you, there's a, there is an arrogance in that. If you show up with, well, they, they are inherently, they can. It's like, mm -hmm. well, how, how did skip you? <laughs> hey, right. so yeah. Um, yeah. it's yeah. important for us to think about how we see our own humanity. Yeah. 
and how we see our own capacity to get better and do better and to make mistakes and recover, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. um, so yeah. it's like, you know, I don't, oh, I'm not liking you today. I'm not liking this today, but you know, I'm just going to breathe. And um, as an, uh, as an um, old uh, mentor um, said to me at once, if it feels too heavy, put it down. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. and, and yeah. stop carrying that today, right? Yeah. And you can pick it back up later, but today just don't carry it. Yeah. And I, I, I want to add to that, um, like allow yourself joy. I think because of the heaviness and the overwhelming and I've got to take care of this and like, all of this is happening in the world and I just want to make the world better, um, more equitable, more inclusive that we like, we can feel guilty if we're in a joy space. Mm -hmm. And like this work is joy. Mm -hmm. If we don't have joy centered in this work, it's, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I appreciate about SJTI faculty and community is like, we laugh. Like we laugh, we play, we you yeah. know, we, we cry, um, even at the deep stuff, we're like, shit, can you believe that? And <laughs> we just like, we allow ourselves joy in this work, mm -hmm. um, and have that be not just okay, but be a practice. Like, how are we practicing joy? Um, and how are we resting? So Jamie, like, it's okay to put it down. We can come back at it tomorrow. And there's the, you know, we always talk about if, if we're, if our cup's not full, like we're not going to be as good of an instrument for other folks if we're not good for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not selfish. Right. And so how do we take care of ourselves, not just self-care, but how are we caring for ourselves and our spirit and our soul and our like x y and z so that we can go out and do work like we need rest we need joy we need community mm -hmm. um and that is the beauty of the sjti faculty thread um <laughs> that we have <laughs> like, it's right. and it's been like such a gift and it, it came out of the pandemic um yeah. to stay connected and so find ways to be connected and they don't have to be huge and overwhelming like they can just be small and be like so good mm -hmm. oh so you good. know as i hear you dr tanya williams one of our faculty is really weighing on my heart today and mm. others may have said it but i hear her saying this is about systemic oppression and white supremacy mm -hmm. and when any individual person i think is exhausted burnt out i wonder if how much is i'm not good enough i should be better i can't and we've already talked about even the history of our own life experiences so when i refocus on is the system and Jamie, you say it's not our fault, it's our responsibility. That's, I get energy. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you say, Jamie, that was so helpful to me is do your part. What do you do well and do your part? You don't got to do it all. Oh, nope. And again, that's breaking up white supremacy. I'm like, I got to do it. It's just like, this is what I'm good at. And I might have a couple, several lanes and then support those who have other lanes. Um, yes. And so from both of you, I and others, and like Tanya, I just, there are these messages and then Vernon's too. When I was in such despair in 2016, several of y'all and plus other folk of color said, Kathy, we've been here before. Our ancestors for centuries have actually were being even more dangerous, genocidal, violent death in some ways. Um, and so suck it up, white girl. And um, so how do you like build on with the ancestors and the current folk of color, indigenous folks, the wisdom instead of this oh, i don't know what to do and so you give up so that's my gentle nudge to the other folks in our privileged identities particularly white you want to drop out despair get in community because that also could be our white privilege mm -hmm. as opposed to what can i offer what do i need to grow who do i need to be in community with so that i don't drop out i stay in it for the long haul so again we could talk for days I want, uh, I'd be well, if you don't mind, I just yeah. want to add one, one, one of you because what you named Kath is our, you know, as do, doing our self work, taking care of ourselves, healing, and is allowing folks space 
to be in the full range of human emotion. Right. Right. Yes. Um, And so, you know, um, white folks in the midst of some of this horrible stuff who um, want to show up or who in, in, in authenticity are enraged and just bad and want to cuss and they want to just throw everything and burn it all down actually get to do that but when people of color show up in that range there's mm. space for that and when we sh- uh, 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 we have to stuff all of that and so when we're in community with other white folks we're always having to navigate can they handle my full range of human emotion Can they handle that I am in absolute joy today because finally the verdict was um, in our favor, right? Um, And Or do I have to just, you know, kind of, you know, monitor that, mitigate that so that it doesn't feel like I'm too happy that a white person got, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of the, the work, I think, in terms of not being exhausted is that I get to be fully human, and all the emotional spaces and that we can hold that i tell white folks all the time i need white people who can handle my anger and not go away Mm -hmm. or else i can't be fully with you like i need to be really be able to be mad today in the room with white people and then and know that they're going to stay because then i can get through it and i don't have to live there right if i if i'm not able to do that then that's the tired, that's the exhaustion. I'm always weighted down with having not been able to show up for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to add that emotional healing um, is um, a part of the work so that I'm not so exhausted and stuff. And I can do that healing when I can be in community and I can be fully me. And that is also very true for BIPOC folk. So yes. um, when BIPOC folks are saying, you need to calm down, or, you know, you're, you're, you're being too much here and he's so angry. They're not going to hear us and all that. If you're, um, the intention often is supporting love um, and, and protection, but it can also be stifling because then I, I'm i the wrong one, but you're the right one yeah. mm-hmm. because you didn't make them feel uncomfortable, right? Um, and that, and we're using the lens of race right now, but that happens across all oh, right. insubordinated identities, right? You know, yeah. trans people quiet it down. You know, I, I know, I know he misgendered you again, but you know, you got to give him a chance. You know, it's just hard, and you know, we got to be able to handle the full range of emotions. Full range, yes. And one of my full ranges is I cry, like I emote through tears. Um. And I believe it's such a beauty and a gift to myself. Um, but like, how do people not code that or name that as I'm weak, yeah. right? Or I'm just too emotional. And so Jamie, as I hear full range of emotion, it can be in the space of like anger, but it can also be in the space of like deep pain or sadness that I am showing. And how do we create spaces for people to be in their wholeness and know that, oh, the reaction to tears is about me. It's not about Becky, mm-hmm. right? Becky is being Becky in this space and fullness and wholeness. Um, and that is such a gift of SJTI as we think about um, being able to, sh- to be um, and to show up as you. Absolutely. So I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, as we're, as we're honoring and celebrating 25 years um, as we look to the future, what hopes do you carry for the future? Um, the the future is so bright, I have to wear shades. You know, <laughs> I. Uh, it was at our last institute where we began even more um, as founding faculty to step back and to watch the next generation lead, um, uh, do all the things that, you know, um, for for many of the years were coded as Jamie's parts or Kathy's parts, right? Um, and um, 
I, re I remember very much enter energetically where I felt like we fine. <laughs> it's all going to be good. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's not going to look exactly the same way that, that we did it, but what's in the people that's coming along is the intentions of healing the planet um, with a social justice, anti-racist lens, um, loving humanity lens. It's in them, um, the, the technology, the pedagogy, um, the tools that we use. Again, um, I, I fully expect them to get enhanced and revamped and all those things, but the intentions remain. And um, I'm, I get excited about what, what we will see coming. Um, uh, and things that I'm, I've not even imagined. Um, so, um, I mean, I I feel hope uh, in the uh, newness, right? You know, so 25 years, it's a, a significant contribution. And so I know that in the next, you know, several years, you know, it'll be time to, um, to kind of step back more to, you know, hand off more. And um, this, I'm coming off of the season of uh, orientations, mm -hmm. right? And watching parents hand off their babies. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it can feel very much like that, right? Trusting that we've done the good work and that these, our uh, next gen folks are prepared and they will do fine. And as we started with Mamta and then someone mm. and then Becky and the intern, we have changed the curriculum based on the new voices. The new voices. And if I were to look back in the last particularly five years, I think we have shifted and tweaked. Mm -hmm. So I expect evolution. So I join you that, mm -hmm. especially in this time of onslaught of virulent, violent, racist, white supremacist fascism mm -hmm. that I realized was always always there, but I was like naive, like things are changing. And it is different than I think five, six, seven years ago, the dynamics we're in that SJTI might also need to shift given the context that we're in, that the context of the attack of what we can even teach on campuses and can we have DEI programs and centers and um, this anti-CRT. And so there are just so many more onslaught and attack that's in our legislation um, that it could be. I believe all that we do with folks will prepare for this these times. And there might be other things we haven't yet thought of, as you said, mm -hmm. given the context we're in. And I pray we'll be in a different context soon. But for now, in the next few years, um, so I expect evolution and I expect to keep learning, even when I'm not at every SJTI and eventually when I'm not at any of them. I look forward to continuing to learn from these dear, dear colleagues and friends and participants, because that's yeah. where I get a lot of the learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to pull out a uh, my Kleenex as folks saw on that question. Um, so yeah, like um, evolution, being able to shift, right? Like uh, I, I'm a lover of nature and how can we like follow nature's guidance of like change and fluidity and growth and, um, and um I like so as the bridge my hope is is that we can also keep the ethos mm -hmm. of those four friends that came up with this idea mm -hmm. right this space of giving back this space of community this space of learning um this space of like joy and friendship and um and working our stuff and being a contribution to not just the participants to the people that the participants will come in contact with, right? And so I hope to have fun. I hope to learn. I hope that we learn. I hope that we shift as I'm continuing to have mocos, um, that we can uh, just be grounded in the legacy of SJTI and the legacy of Jamie, Kathy, Vernon, and Maura. Um, that, is, that is really important for me as a bridge. That's wonderful. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much um, for, again, we could have several conversations and I'm just so grateful 
to have had time and spirit for, um, for this one. So um, thank you again so much, Becky, Jamie, Kathy, Vernon, for your time and spirit today um, as guests on Student Affairs Now. For our listeners and folks who um, um, are watching the, the podcast, um, you can learn more about the Social Justice Training Institute at sjti.org. Um, for those of us who may be um, alumni of the program, I know that there will be lots of different ways to honor um, SJTI um, in, in the year to come, and of course, and, and beyond. It's active and always. So um, thank you again. Um, so with that, I also want to be sure, and now I want to thank our sponsors, Simplicity. Again, we really appreciate your support. Simplicity is a global leader in student services technology platforms with state-of-the-art technology that empowers institutions to make data-driven decisions specific to their goals. A true partner to the institution, Simplicity supports all aspects of student life, including but not limited to career services development, student conduct and well-being, student success, and accessibility services. To learn more, visit simplicity.com. I also want to send so much love to Nat Ambrosi, the producer for the podcast, who mm. does all of the behind the scenes work to make us look and sound good. Nat, we love you. And friends, if you're listening today and already not may not be receiving our weekly newsletter, please uh, visit the website at studentaffairsnow.com and scroll to the bottom of the homepage to add your email to the MailChimp list. And while you're there, check out the archives. Um, my friends, my name is Mamta Akapati. So much love and gratitude to everyone who is watching and listening. Please make it a beautiful week that honors your soul, your spirit, and your ancestral wisdom. It's always a gift to be in community with you. Be well, my friends. Mm -hmm.